Praise the Lord. So we'll continue with the series. Success Secrets of the Master. I'll try and do my best to conclude on it. Um, later on, second service, Pastor Chike will do a final on it. You know, Pastor Chike started with defining what success is and what it is not. And one thing is sure, it's not popularity. He said it's not popularity. You like have a million followers, you like a 100k followers, whatever number of followers you think you have on social media. See, that's not success. One way to help you with that. You know, Jesus Christ, when he went to Jerusalem, the triumphal entry, the whole city went agog for him. They were celebrating him. They were celebrating him. People took their coat off, laid it on the floor for his vehicle to pass. They did everything celebrating him. But guess what? Like a week later, crucify him. The same set of people. So popularity is not success. And so it's not the money you have in your bank account. It's not. The Bible says lay off treasures for yourself. Where the government policies will not affect it. Today you might have a hundred million, but one bad policy, that might just be equivalent to a dollar. Just one wrong policy. Just one wrong policy. So if you're building your wealth based on this world system, you might say, okay, good, let's even save in dollars. You still don't know. The American system, every of these things can crash. But there's one key thing Pastor Kate defined success. There are seven, but there's one I want to focus on a bit. Peace with God. So having peace with God. That's one key thing to define. There are seven of them, like I said. But I'm going to focus on this one a bit. So peace with God. That's the key thing. You be at peace. And the bedrock of that is your relationship. Peace with God is not a state where you say, I'm at peace, I remain. No, no, no. For you to constantly be at peace with God, you need to have that constant relationship with God. You need to constantly get into his presence to get renewed. Praise the Lord. Let me share a joke on something. So there was this joke, I think some weeks back. So this rich guy got to the pearly heavens to get to the pearly gates. And got in there, carried a lot of baggages that he wants to get into heaven. And uh, the angels on call on duty that they said, guy, we don't need your luggages here. They start hacking and everything. So he hired an angel and I came. And said, okay, what's the issue here? The guy said, I'm prepared. I want to get into heaven. And I want to carry this, my bags in. So they said, okay. Out of the many bags, just choose one. That's the one we're allowed to take in. So the guy took one. And I said, okay, before you go in, let's even see what's inside the bag. This is your luggage. What's good, bars? And then they're like, ah, so you brought ties to heaven. See, the peak of man's wealth is the least 
in heaven. The peak of man's world is the very least in heaven. Previously, the financial system was based on the gold standard. Before now, the recent one is now the current system. It's based on the integrity of the government system. And even all of that still can crumble. So when you build your sources or you define sources based on what we have here in the system, it is nothing, completely nothing, completely nothing. So you need to understand what is success. And like you said, be at peace with God. That's the key thing. Maximizing your purpose. The one thing again you shared, I think was the Sunday before now, one of the secrets of success was intentionality. It says being intentional, being intentional. You don't just do things after that. You are intentional in what you're doing. If you want to serve God, you serve him seriously. You know you're serving God. You know you're for God. There's no half as that. You're not here. You're not there. You know, the Bible says in Revelation, so you're neither hot, you're neither cold. So I'll spew you out of your mouth. If you want to drink water, let's be I'll tell you to drink. If now cold water, let's use now cold water. Please excuse my pigeon. But the key thing, you need to be defined. You need to know where you are. So you need to be intentional with your work with God. And for the business people, you know, if you want to pursue a project, you're intentional about it. You set your goals, you define it, you break them into, and you follow it through. See, Jesus Christ was intentional. He came here three and a half years. He knew what he wanted to do from the word go. He knew he was going to die. No dilly darling. He pursued it. So you need to be intentional. And one of the secrets I still want to share today, know who you work for. Know who you work for. To provide a background, let's read first. Romans 14, verse 4. Can you give me the... If you have the easy... Okay, great. Thank you, Benny. So God is a master of all believers, and they are his servants. You do not have authority to judge someone else's servants. The servant's old master will decide if he has done well or he has done something wrong. And he will serve his master well because the Lord is able to help him do that. For you to be successful, you need to be able to know who you're working for. The truth that Aisha talked about is about KPIs. Key performance indicator. You need to know your KPIs. And in addition to that, knowing your KPIs, you still need to know who you're working for. At one point in my career, I had four supervisors at the same time. And that was because it was a rotational job. So within the four weeks, I used to spend four weeks at offshore. Within that four weeks, I would likely have like three supervisors that we interact with. I wanted to help, but I need to know every one of them. And every one of them have specific thing they would do. They will ask for. Immediately they throw up at work. 
There are specific things they will do. There are specific things they will ask for. And what helped me, what helped me in working with them is to know each of them what they need. They all have different behaviors. They have different attitudes. But the key thing there is that I knew what they wanted. For you to be successful, you need to know who you're working for in this life. Who's going to mark your scorecard at the end of the day? Not your fans. Not your fans. Get that. It's not your fans. Not your husband, not your wife, not your friends. So you need to have that understanding, who are you working for? Because if you have that understanding, it makes the job easier. And like I said also, that's where relationship comes into key. Because if you create that rapport, we just provide us at workplace. Some things are easy. It's just very easy. That relationship makes it smooth. That part time, you're able to tell you or she's able to tell you, okay, we need to do this. Oh, this particular job, don't do it today. Let's do it tomorrow. No matter how difficult your boss is, you need to have that relationship with your boss. No matter how difficult. Because at the end of the day, they will mark your scorecard. Performance review, they will do it. And sometimes when the KPIs are set, they might look confusing. But when you have that relationship with your supervisor or your boss, is in relating with him or her, able to make clarification, oh, this, you need to do it this way. This is what I meant about this. Or even when there are changes, even when there are changes, just like my place of work, currently there's a, a project I'm supporting. From January to date, the project have gone through different stages. But we started the year, we started the year with a particular goal that will wrap up the particular stage of the project by December. By February, that changed. It felt like, oh, we're going to put the project on the post. After that, oh, no, let's pace it. Or after, no. But all of that, I constantly had to be in touch with my supervisor. The KPIs kept changing every day, almost every month, every week, sort of. But the key thing there is that relationship. Is that relationship. It's very, very key. For you to become successful, you need to know your supervisor. Praise the Lord. And let's look at the life of Jesus Christ. Give me John 5 verse 19. Be sure. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Let me read what I have here. 
It's a bit different from what you're showing me. It's most likely I would have gotten it wrong. But let me read to you. You can pick it out. It says, so Jesus answered them, I'm telling you that what, I'm telling you this is true. The son can do nothing by himself. He sees what the father does and he can only do the same things what the father does. Am I correct with that in John? This Bible student, check. Let me be. I'm correct. Okay, so it's Bumi that. Ah, can't they fear my. So Jesus answered them. I'm telling you what is true. The son can do nothing by himself. He sees what the father does. And he can only do only those. It doesn't go outside scope. I said to you, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. Just guys knew what he was called for. He knew his mission. He knew this what he's going to do. But in getting that, he had that constant relationship with God. It didn't just because I'm God, I'll do whatever I want. And to an extent, he's right in his own way to do that. And that's why we make that mistake sometimes. <laughs> there was this um, skit, a skit I saw, I think it was on Post Nigeria or so. So this sniper was called to assassinate somebody. <laughs> You've said, okay. So in trying to do the assassination, so the person who sent him was on radio with him. It's okay. Uh, you see the target? The target on the right. The man said the target on the right. The sniper went. Pew! See, the next instruction was the target on the right is my son. My only son. <laughs> see, sometimes when instructions come, as a relationship is key. They tell you one thing, you don't disappear. Particularly, my kids, they do that a lot. Go and bring me their off. Then, when they get upstairs, Mommy, what did you say I should bring? They said, I pick you in on the year one. Now, the good message up and down. The key I want to emphasize is you need to have that relationship with your supervisor. With your boss. Pardon, I'm going both ways spiritual and the physical. With God, you need to have that constant, constant relationship with God. Now they've said, oh, the walls are falling down. Move straight ahead. Which part of the city are you going to? God said, we should just move. That was a command for everybody. But there's a specific instruction for you. In the book of Joshua 6, when the walls fell down, there's a general command to every one of them. It's Joshua 6.20. It says, when the walls fall, so go straight ahead and possess the city. Good. But if you read previous translations, um, other books, there were specific cities that every tribe needs to possess. 
that defined where they ought to go and take. So church, you need to have that relationship because in a place of relationship, things will be made clear. Things will be made clear. You don't need to worry about what the world is saying because they are not your supervisor. They are not your boss. They are not your master. They are not the ones that define your KPI. Praise the Lord. So you need to know. Know your master. Know the person you're working for. Give me, um, I think it should be John. Give me a minute. Say, abide in me if you abide with us. Um, blah, blah, blah. Okay. First, John. Let me see. Okay, let me see. Okay, yeah. Let's go with this. It says, abide in me and hide in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. For you to be successful, for you to get that, eat that target, that when you get to heaven and say, hey, because judgment will come. For you, like Paul, we have to say, I fought a good fight. I finished my race. It takes this. You abiding in him. You abiding in him. So the point I'm emphasizing here, one of the secrets is know your boss. Know your supervisor. Know who you're working for. If you look at the life of Jesus, there are so many times the way to make him king. On one occasion, he had just turned bread, uh, multiplied the bread. After they had their food, they were enough. Man, this is Jesus Christ. Ah, this be king. They said the people came, gathered, and said, let's make him king. And the Bible said he slipped away. He slipped away. Because he knew what he was called to do. It wasn't popular opinion. It wasn't democracy. It's between you and God. He knew what they want. He knew what he was called to do. He wasn't moved by the current environment where he walked. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to go into some, probably some I've tagged them, enablers towards living a successful life. I'm just going to run through them, talk about as I go, I explain a bit. Enablers towards living a successful life. And one of it is conviction. You need to be convinced. You need to be convinced up to the point of death. You need to be convinced up to the point of death. Entrepreneurs, there are a small few. You already know that. 
you know, this business must work. And you're willing to do almost anything to ensure it works. And same thing too for us as believers. You need to be convinced up to the point of death. So that's one enabler you need for you to be successful. You need to be convinced about this, your faith. See, like I always say, winter is coming. Winter is coming. And literally, you see that in Matthew 25. It says there were rumors of war. There will be destruction. There will be famine. Coronavirus is, most, is a small thing. And the Bible puts it in Matthew 25. Sorry, it says winter is coming. And if you're not strong enough, you're not convinced of your fate, you'll be swept along. Good. And you hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you're not troubled, for in this things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. The current challenges we face in our economy, well, it is well. Let me not say, use my mouth to talk it. <laughs> it might get worse. It might get worse. But you need to know this about yourself. You don't do things, you don't live life based on this word economy. That's one thing that's key. If I maybe digress a bit. One thing you need to know for you to be successful, one of the secrets of Jesus Christ is that he knew his identity. He knew his identity. He knew he's not of this world. See, all through this month, we'll be talking about our, uh, identity. The series, Rudua. So I don't want to spend so much. Just attend midweek services this week. We'll be dealing on that, on identity. Don't miss it. Because that was his major secret. That was his major secret. Jesus Christ knew who he was. He was so sure. He was so convinced. There wasn't an atom of doubt. He knew he's the son of God. The only begotten of the father. Then also he was so convinced that he's been called to die. As I say, you need to go to the point you're convinced up to the point of death. Particularly towards your faith. Ideologies will come. What do you say now? Nabins. Nabins. I'll tell you guys. Nabins. But it takes, the Bible says, even the faithful, if they're not careful, they'll be swept along. So church, you need to strengthen your own faith. It's my own faith, your own faith. Praise the Lord. The other second uh, enablers, contentment. You need to be content. Contentment. See, it's a state of happiness and satisfaction. You're not moved by dishes, sauces. 
you both might be writers. Because DJ is receiving accolades. You are not. You are not moved. Like I shared during the midweek, I talked. We all have our parts. We all have our parts. And the parable of the talents, he said, he gave to everyone, each to his own, according to their abilities. Because you both are writer doesn't mean both of you achieve the same level of success. No! You need to be contented with the state where you are, where you are. Particularly when you know you are in the place God has called you to be. Stay there. Your goal in life might be, God's goal for you might be that, hey, own the estate. For somebody, it might simply be, just rent one, get one house. I will use this story to um, share this. So I grew up in Warri, and um, I attended Nana College in Warri. And where that school was situated in Warri is in the government reservation area. And my school shares the boundary with a judge. And um, where the houses are, it's not those ranches you have like in, in Texas. Big space with trees all over the place. So that's how the guys are, the judge house was. It's then. So do break usually, because usually in that place they have mangoes, trees, fruits. So what the gardener would do during that break time, we'll pick the fruits on the floor and we train it. And you see students, he will train this, everyone will run, they'll pick. But for me, I just stood one place. That's all I did. Stood one place. The guy threw, everybody was running, he threw it to the point, he just threw one straight to me. I caught it. And I moved. It's simple. But for some other person, they might need two. For some other person, they might want five. Because they, may, they might have other siblings they might want to share with. But for me, I'm content with the one I have. Know your place. Know your place. Comparison is the thief of contentment. The moment you start comparing, you will lose it. The moment you start comparing, you will lose contentment. Just know your place and be there. And function in that capacity. Nobody can be the best version of me. No matter how you try it, you cannot be as tall as me. You like you be exact inches, you can't talk the way I talk. No matter you try it, you can't marry the wife I marry. So, just be the best version of you. That's what God has called you. And be what? Contented in that place. Because the moment you want to be like somebody else is an insult to God. Praise the Lord. Let me read something I have here. This contentment begins when we start trying to be God. The contentment happens when we attempt to displace God from his rightful place at the center of the universe. When I think that everything should run according to my plan instead of God's plan. When I forget that God is God, 
that is allowed to do with me whatever he wants, whatever will bring him glory. This container results from a big view of myself and a very little view of God. This life is not about you. No matter how popular you be, it's not about you. See, I thought about this something. See, yesterday I was preparing for this message. Yahweh might have a thousand followers. Pastor Chicken might have a hundred thousand. Then maybe DJ Devita might have a million followers. Or let me even add again. Somebody else might have another million followers. But you realize that the same pool is following her. The same pool is following Pastor Chicken. The same pool is following. You get it? There's really no unique to say this, Mama, you. It's just a button. And they move on with their life. They go to the next person. They go to the next person. And that's what is happening. So forget those numbers. Be contented with what God has called you and function in that capacity. The other thing to enable us our heart here. I think I said this during um, the workers' um, midweek service. Collaboration is under a enabler. You need to collaborate. I got this, I got this, I got this. My brother, you not got nothing. You got nothing. My seven-year-old son, up to next, he does that. When you're trying to explain something to him, he comes and tells you, Father and Daddy, let me do this. The more I explain just one small part of it, I can do it, I can do it. Then you allow it to do it. Daddy, it's not working. Did you listen to what I said before? No. You need to collaborate. Find people of like minds. Find people that can work with you. The Bible says, iron words, sharpen it, iron. If you can do it alone, you would have given your own island. It's because we need everybody here. Praise the Lord. One team is better than one person. I need to know that. One team is better than one person. So it's essential that we collaborate. And for that to happen, we need to abandon our ego. Our ego. Let me read something I wrote here. The abandonment of ego is what allows you to become part of a whole that is greater than you. And I'll say this to the couples. Husbands, if you collaborate with your wife, that's what will help you succeed. Your wife is not there to run you down. Probably is probably she's challenging some of the your decisions. Or not only she's challenge, but she's making give you feedback on some of your decisions. Doesn't mean she's challenging you negatively. If you can do it yourself, there will be no need to marry. It's because you needed help. That's why you got married. And if you need the help, accept the help. And that's what part of collaboration is. 
You need to drop aside your ego. Drop it aside. Let it stay aside. And focus on the one team goals. That is what God has called us to do. That our marriage is a ministry. And because it's a ministry, we're going to exalt God. We're going to glorify God. And because it's a ministry, my own ego does not count. Either my ego or my wife's ego does not count. The goal is to have a successful marriage that will give God glory. Praise the Lord. So we need to collaborate. Praise the Lord. Give me Nehemiah 4 verse 6. The new King James will do. So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to his half his height. For the people had a mind to walk. The election is coming very soon. I think the voters were um, PVC registration hence today. If you can still go and register, go and register. And if you have registered, don't minimize the power of your vote in the next coming election. Yeah, you might say, hey, these people, ah, uh, based on what we're seeing, that is what I'm seeing right now. It might sound discouraging. The one of the stories I saw online this week was when the thing in a particular area, they went to pick up the youth in that environment, went to carry the machine they were using for the uh, registration, all because they felt those who are going to register will vote for somebody else. Election never starts. The castle, I don't start. But the point here is, I need you to believe and trust God that together we will do something great for Nigeria. The Bible says, one with God is majority. That's why I need to put your faith on. Not on those that want to use toggery, want to use fight, want to use force. Whatever who you are going to vote for, let it be something. Does that person emulate the virtues of Christ? I'm not saying that person is a Christian now. That's not the goal. Does that person that exhibits the virtues of Christ? Let that be what will guide you in this coming election. Don't sit back at home. Don't sit back at home. Your vote truly counts. If it doesn't count, what you see will not happen. All in a bit to try, they can reduce people don't register, will not happen. They've allowed it to go seamlessly. It's because they know your vote counts. They're trying to change the narrative right now. So if you can register, go register. But if you cannot and you have already your card, please do not hesitate. Do not hesitate. I will say it again. Go and vote. The only key thing you need to start doing, start praying. There is power in our prayers. There is power in it. Don't minimize it. To say, ah, whoa, see, there is power in it. The Bible says, Elijah was a like man like us. 
He said, let there be no rain. And you have that same power in you. Praise the Lord. In running up. Get me. Okay, before we run, let me just give you one more. Consistency. Is on that enabler. Consistency. Luke 22, verse 39. It says, coming out. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives. As his words, his words are custom. And the disciples followed him. That is, that's something he used to do regularly. Get the right behavior and do it repeatedly. Discipline will bet devotion. You may not like it, but if you're disciplined enough, after a while, you will like it. Have you seen a girl? It happens so many times. Even my wife here is a good example. When I met her in school, ah, this one, this tall, lanky guy with a long neck and big head, because then I was very lanky. I wasn't good, I wasn't good looking. <laughs> That I'll be fair. <laughs> they had these funny big boots because we're engineering students. They either when we wear big boots. That's how you define engineering students. But then, ah, we never mind. I will never mind. But simple consistency. Visits. That's how you change. Even a mother, ah, Bende, they will never. Ah, to cross from Abia to Bende, never, never. I didn't argue, she was the first. I never argued with the mom. Simple, visit. I just go sit with the mom, just, ah, will me go back then? I didn't argue. I kept just visiting, just being there. And a matter of time, 17 years down the line, I'm the best in law. But the key here is, find those right behavior and do it repeatedly. Your Bible study, your prayer life, meditation, get this relationship. Know that key to your success. Serve this relationship. Don't let them slide. And just what? Do it all over again, every day, and the result will come. Pinky at the brain. What did they say? If you know those, if you those watch this cartoon, Pinky at the brain. What we always do, same thing we do. Yeah, some of us don't know that. But Pinky at the brain is, we'll try to take over the world. So that's it. Get those right behavior and do it what? Repeatedly. So, in closing, Get me 1 John 4, verse 17. So love has been perfected among us in this, that we have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. So the secret to success in this world is be like Jesus. Replicate it. Just replicate the behavior of Jesus. 
They didn't say, as your friend is, as your mother is, as your father is, or as your boss is. No. As Jesus Christ, so are we in this world. Praise the Lord. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-14411 or 080-777-14412 or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org Davids Christian Center, home of victorious people.